0: We are realigning ourselves for this time, and uh, because this is the time we need to learn how to walk in the things of God, the presence of God, the power of God, no matter what we see, no matter what we feel, uh, no matter what we experience. Uh, You know, one of the things that um, as a believer we need to figure out how to do, and that is never put a face on your faith. Some people have the government on their faith. Some people have family members on their faith. Some people have friends on their faith. Jesus is the answer in everything that you need. Now, I I really believe that this is where my faith is, that as we, we enter into these last times, which has been making it more real as we've been studying the book of Revelations, this is not a time for God's people to collapse. Now, when I was a kid, in youth group, they would show films that would make all of us really scared. You know, that it was going to get so bad, it was going to get so dark, it was going to get so ugly. All the Christians are just going to be huddled in the corner of the church saying, God, come take us, God, come take us. But this is a time of victory. God's people are set for a time in this that reveal His glory. Now, are bad things going to happen? Absolutely, we're seeing bad things happening. Darkness covers the earth. Gross darkness, the people—that's uh, going to happen. It's going to continue to happen. But you and I don't have to live in that realm. Now, <clears throat> the the basis of our theme, that God laid on my heart, was realigned for this time. If you're aligned with God, you are victorious. You don't have to become victorious. You are victorious. But we have to understand the power of His name and how to operate within it. And this is what I've been preaching on for like six, seven weeks now. Is that because, and and can I be honest? Mm -hmm. I keep hearing people talk and they'll say amen to my message. But then I hear them talk, they don't believe the message. Mm -hmm. Now, if you asked them if they believed it, they'd say, yeah, well, I believe that. I believe there's power in the name. But then you see, we do what we believe. So you and I have got to get an internal mindset that this actually really works, that His name does give us the power to overcome, and we are not going to be subjugated to anything. Right. Now, I did not say you're going to live a life like at Disneyland, that it's just going to be all fun and, and everything like that. No, there's darkness in this world, and, and there's things that we're going to battle, uh, and the, the life of the believer is a tough life, but if we engage our faith and overcome... See, this is where I think a lot of the problem is <clears throat> we don't engage our faith. I didn't plan on saying that when I said it. it, it like really sparked in my spirit. We have faith, well, I believe in God, but we don't engage our faith. Now faith, if we went to Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, that if we're really engaging our faith, then the outcome is real in us. Faith is a substance, the building material. Now, faith is a substance of things hoped for. The desired outcome that we want, the creative material, is our faith. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So so how can I know it's going to happen? My evidence is the faith. Picking up on a Jerry Seinfeld uh, comic thing on one of his shows back when he had a, a show. Remember, he had a car reserved. And uh, he went into, it's like an airport or something like that. He went in there and he says, yeah, I'm here to pick up my car. And the, the teller said, I'm sorry, uh, we don't have any cars. He says, no, I have a reservation. He says, yeah, I'm sorry, but we don't have any cars. He says, no, you don't understand what a reservation is. I booked a car. You said, yes, we will have a car for you. And you gave me a number that says my car will be here. Well, I'm sorry, but we don't have any cars. And, and you know, the whole he has the whole skit that goes on that's like, I thought it was funny, and uh, everything like that. But your faith is the reservation. Yeah. Your faith is the reason we expect it to happen. Now, we get lost in the middle at times, thinking it's not going to. You ever think that, I don't think this is ever going to happen. You ever said something like that to yourself? Okay, you're lying to yourself. I thought it for sure. I thought it for sure. You're lying to yourself, because faith is the reason we will have it. And this is why it's a fight of faith, we have to stay in faith. There's things trying to pull us out of our faith, and it's a fight to stay in faith. If you're a very emotional person, it's a bigger battle. Because emotions are felt. And, and we, we tend to live our lives based on how we feel. This is why so many people have have a difficult time getting out of something attacking their body because the, the, the reality of the felt is just pounding on them. And, and when you're under that, it's very difficult. But there still is a way of escape. But it's, it's going to be a fight of faith to stay in and know that you are healed when it doesn't look like a doctor's telling you that, family is encouraging you that you're sick. Y'all staring at me? Why? This like should be, whew, Hallelujah! All right, I understood that, and that was Spanish. Um, so I. My introduction here, (coughs) I'm still on the same topic, but I'm just going to rehearse this power of attorney again. This is what I don't think people get. Pray for me to get what God has already given to me. Now, nobody says it that way. I'm I'm rephrasing what we say. But there are things that are given to us. There are things that we can't say are given to us. So like if you're, if you're trying to get a job and you've been applying for jobs and two or three people give you, uh, yeah, we'd, we'd be interested in hiring you. We can't go to the, the verse and say, God gave me that job. Okay, so, so now we're, we're wanting to be led by the Spirit. Which way do I go? How, how do I do this? How do I navigate this? And we learn how to follow the peace of God. But by His stripes, we are healed. There, there's not, in fact, some people uh, pray because they don't understand the word of God. Well, Lord, if it's your will, heal me. Well, all we got to do here is go here and find the, the will of God. By his stripes, we're healed. It's found in the new will, the new covenant. Actually, it's found in the old will, too, the old covenant. We should get mad when we're not walking in hell, it's a violation of your covenant. You should get mad when you're battling something. No, this is a violation of covenant. Power of attorney. Now, the difference between power of attorney and an asking or a prayer is I've got a legal right already with the power of attorney. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't have to ask. If you're in a job, if you've ever you know been in like the management arena uh, of a of a job, especially like middle management, and your boss. Comes to you and tells you, uh, we want our people to do this, that, and the other. Go over there and do them. And then you go over to the people and you come back to your boss and they ask you, uh, did everything get taken care of? Well, I asked them if they would. What do you think your boss is going to do? He's not going to be happy with that. No, we're not asking them if they want to. Get back over there and tell them what to do. Operate in your position of authority. But how many times do we ask what is ours? What we have authority over, what we have have power over. And we spend a lot of time praying for things that we've already been given. Because we don't have a right identity of who we are in Christ to stand in what has already been done. Amen. He that was poor became rich that you might be... Uh, uh, or he that was rich became poor, that you might be rich. That's part of the redemption package. Jesus came and paid the price. Now, we live in, you know, there's economic cycles. You have no control. I have no control over what the Fed, Federal Reserve does, which is neither federal nor a reserve. But uh, we, we have no control over that. We have, you know, and things are going on that we have no control over. You and I can't stop inflation. You and I can't stop taxation. But we can rise above it. And it's over, it, we, it should make us mad when, when there's lack dominating us. You're, you're going to have to fight the demon of mammon, which consists of lack, debt, and poverty. But, but if it's winning or taking control, it should make us mad. Yeah. And most people pray, Lord, give me money. Well, well, let's just stop and think about that for a moment. Where's he going to get it? And what if he brings you yen? What are you going to do then? Or pesos? Or, I like Bangladeshi money. Tacos. Kind of sounds like a taco to me. <laughs> no, what, what, he, he doesn't print money. He's not a counterfeiter. But yet he said he's given us all things. Yeah. So how do we make it work? Well, it works within the system of the natural. Yeah. So now there's really two flows. Is money flowing to you? I remember a story Dr. Barkley um, told one time about a, a guy there in Midland Michigan that owned a uh, coffee shop, you know, like Starbucks, it wasn't Starbucks, but like his own little coffee shop. And he was really struggling making it and Dr. Barkley had gone in and got a cappuccino and uh, they were talking to him and he was uh, he the guy knew he was a preacher. I don't think he went to the church at the time, and uh, but he knew he was a preacher. And he said, "Well, I'm just really struggling." Da, 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 da. He says, you know, they're standing there and they're looking out at the road. He was on there, like a really main road. He says, See all those cars going by? Every one of them probably drinks coffee, except maybe a handful. Why aren't they turning in here? He says, "I don't know. That's my problem. If I could, if I could fix that, I I, I could make it." And he says, "Why don't you start praying that God brings to their attention your your story? Why don't you pray that God uh, opens their eyes where they see you, where you have favor with people?" And he's like, "Huh." Because all he needs is a person to walk in. Now the money things. God doesn't print money, but, but we have ministering spirits assigned for us. They can work and bring people to us and take the money out of their pocket and get our cup of coffee. So he started teaching him. He ended up going to his church and everything like that after a long story. Uh, but he, he started teaching him, ministering. You know, we have ministering spirits pray that as the people drive by, they would be drawn to this place. They would visually see it. Uh, and and, uh, and he, all of a sudden, his business started taking off. He started making money. We have to learn how the Bible works. So last week, I dealt, uh, I actually, in my launch off scripture, was to talk about, um, was in James chapter 4. We're going to go back there right now, so go to James chapter 4. Yeah. <coughs> but we're only going to read one verse, because I didn't get to the rest of my message, so I'm just going to continue what I was preaching. And in verse 7, I want to go back, that was the key phrase. Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, you have, now in, let me just go back to the money flow. There's, there's two arenas that can happen in money flow. One is the devil can hinder your money. And the other is cash flowing to you. So if we start praying, so like if I was that coffee shop owner, I would pray two ways. Satan, I bind you in the name of Jesus. You cannot blind people to my my operation here, my business. And I would also pray ministering spirits, go forth and bring people, let them see me. So I'm going to deal with two sides of the equation. Submit yourself there to the Lord and resist the devil. So a lot of people resist the devil in a vocal command, which is fine. Uh, I resist this in the name of Jesus. I resist that in the name of Jesus. But they're not seeing the power of the name of Jesus because it's a verbalization without an internal intent. Remember my little skit last week? I brought Peter up here, told him to resist me. You guys probably all watched a football game last week. There was a whole lot of resistance going on. Okay, they're actively fighting to keep the opposing team from coming forward. You know, keep the offense from from making yardage or you know, and and whatever the however the game's played. There's an active. Are you actively resisting? This is where I talked about on when I was skiing one time in, um, I think it was in Utah, and. I hit a mogul, and I, I flipped, and my, my ski didn't break on my right knee or on my right leg. And so it twisted, and you know how like it does and it's in slow motion? I mean, that's my knee, that sound, because my, my ski didn't break off. So you got this big old long six-foot ski or whatever it is, torquing my knee, and I hit the ground. And uh, first thing I thought was, what am I going to do? Second thing I did was look around, and there was nobody else on the slope that saw me. Third thing I did was healed people walk. I heard it on the inside, healed people walk. I'm like, that's true. By his stripes I'm healed, healed people walk. I I took my pole, broke the ski off, you know, the the brake. If you know what ski is, you push that lever and it breaks off. I gathered my skis. I started walking down the, the mountain, and I walked as straight as I could. Now, my knee's torn up, but I... Healed people walk, and I believed it. Now, you don't just do this to do this. I believed it. I knew on the inside, healed people walk. And so I started walking down the hill. I was walking slow because I was walking as straight as I could to not limp. And by the time the the slope went down and then went to the right, it was kind of flat on the right, once I got down to the right-hand side, it wasn't hurting no more. By the time I got back to the lodge, I had no problem whatsoever. Never went to the doctor for it, never did anything for it. I was healed. I resisted. What was trying to happen to me. The resistance came in many parts of speaking the word of God, declaring it because I was talking as I was going down. I was talking to my knee, but I was also resisting by not limping. And I was resisting by walking. Resist the devil. So now when when the enemy comes in and tries to get you at your money, when the enemy comes in and tries to get at your health, there's a resistance of a vocal resistance I, by His stripes I'm healed. Uh, you know the spirit uh, of God that, that was in Jesus Christ or that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in me. It shall give life to my mortal body. That's a resistance, but I also have to physically resist what is going on. So going back to my verse here, it says, "Submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you." Now, are you saying, Pastor, that, that you hit that mogul and fell because the devil did that? No. But all things in this earth that are of it. Remember John 10.10? 10, 10, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. In him it works. Everything else, sickness, disease, poverty, debt, lack, all these different things, operate under the sin element. So I have to understand there is a, there is a demonic element to it. Even though I'm not one that believes that the devil is, is actually doing things to us. It's just this fallen world that we, that we live in. So now I'm in this mill. So the other thing it says is submit yourself. How do I submit myself? Well, a lot, of people look at, a lot of people look at submission as a negative word. But submission is such a strong word. And it's such a safety word. Uh, you can be your own man, your own woman. Rock on. But being submitted is far better. Having a covering. The Bible talks about this in Ephesians chapter 4. It's not my message today. But, uh, you know, you don't want to be a Korah. Y'all remember Korah in the Bible? Does God only speak through you? Well, apparently He did because the earth opened up and swallowed Him and His 250 people. Don't be a Korah. In fact, that's really the message that Pastor Harbaugh was speaking on today is, is flourishing where God has placed you. And he actually used uh, the verse that I read in the offering, plus the other ones at the brook of Kernith, however you pronounce it, and, uh, and the various things that were, when Elijah was where God placed him, yeah. his provision was there. And he made the point, what if he would have went to a different <laughs> brook? Like Naaman said... When the prophet told him, go down to the Jordan River, dip seven times. And he said, man, there's cleaner rivers than that. He didn't want to do it because the, he didn't like the river. But that's where the healing was. Yeah. So he's going back a leper and his little servant person says, Master, if the, if the prophet asked you to do some great thing, wouldn't you have done it? Why don't you just give this thing a try? He went down there, dipped seven times, but there was healing at that place. So, so being in this place, so submit yourself. So one element of submission is to, to God's structure and to God's Word. Now, a lot of Christians today are not submitted to God's Word. Don't, don't pat yourself on the back thinking you are. Uh, because uh, the Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. And a lot of people do that. Uh, the Bible says "The tenth of all of our increase is God's. And a lot of people don't honor it. So we don't really submit ourselves to the Word of God. Uh, in that sense, but that's one arena of submission. But how do you submit when you're really sick, like like you're really battling it? Because, you know, like when you're really sick, you don't feel like, it, you know, we, we look at, well, am I aligned with the Word of God or not aligned with the Word of God or whatever it is? But how do you stay submitted to the Word of God when it looks like nothing is working the way that you think it should work? You stay, you you, you know, there, there's... Uh, uh, Two elements in the Bible. In Mark chapter 1, uh, a leper came to Jesus and said, I know you can heal me, will you? He wasn't submitted. I mean, there was an element of submission because he came to Jesus and he asked him, but it's a lower level of submission. This is why so many people pray to to try to get an answer to what Jesus has already done. Will you do it? See, God, who watches over his word, has no other choice but to perform his word. We are the ones that bring in options. Yeah. And Jesus being moved with compassion, he healed him. I will, be thou healed. But then there was a centurion, what, Matthew chapter 8, that came and said, uh, you know, my, my servant or my daughter, I can't remember which one it was, uh lithe homesick, um, uh, would you heal her? He says, yes, I'll come and heal her. He says, no, I don't need you to come to my house, for I'm a man under authority. He's a centurion, he's a Roman soldier, has a hundred people under him. I am a man under authority. I tell this man to go, and he goeth, and I tell this man to come. Just speak the word, and my servant will be healed. He understood the authority. Now, this is a higher level of submission. The centurion understood what submission was. You stand in a place where if you speak the word, this thing will happen, and I submit myself under that authority. So now let's bring that. What authority do you have? See, because a lot of people are speaking, but they don't see themselves speaking from a position of authority. And even in, when they try to declare things, it's in more of a, a victim, well, I hope God does it. I've actually heard people say that they, you know, they have all the really good Christian words. And then when they're done, they say, man, I hope God does it. What does that tell us about their belief system? They don't really believe they can speak with the authority. But, the, but Jesus said... The Word of God says that He's given you His name to operate in. Now, if I can learn how to operate in that name and understand the, the authority of that name, then what will happen? Is that, isn't that equivalent to if Jesus said it? See, I, I really believe that we Christians, we have an identity problem. And the problems that we have walked through in life are, is what has created our identity problem. We're just people on this earth trying to make our lives work. And Jesus like, I came and I put it all together so it will work. Well, I'll take it. We'll do what I said. Say, what? You want me to what? Let's go to Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16, verse 16. And it came to pass as we went to prayer. Now, prayer is a very very big thing in here, but you have to know the difference between praying and a position of authority, the power of attorney, the declaration, because there's a lot of things in the Bible talking about declaration. When do I pray? When do I declare? Well, things that Jesus has already done, we declare. But now in order to declare from a position of authority, you better have a prayer life. Don't answer me and and don't change the look on your face. How long can you pray? Like if you pulled yourself aside and said, I'm going to spend some time in prayer. How long would it be? Two minutes, three minutes, five minutes, 15 minutes. I remember there was a guy in church that I grew up in and uh, we always hated it when they asked him to close the service in prayer. like 20 minutes, like a whole nother sermon. And it was this long, flowing prayer. I mean, he touched the heavens. He touched earth. He touched the people in between. He glorified God and he declared things. And it's like, you know, me as a teenager thinking, he just wanted you to dismiss the service in prayer. And we're standing there waiting. But do you know that you don't get to that place without a prayer life? I heard people say it. I probably said it too. Oh, he just likes to pray along. He just, uh, but you don't get to that place without a prayer life. Yeah. So ask yourself, how long can you pray before you're struggling to pray any longer? Because it will tell you something about you. Now, I'm not mad at you or beating you up, but I, I'm telling you, there, there's an element of a prayer life that you have to have in order to walk in this. Now, start wherever you're at, and if you can only pray three minutes, praise God, start praying five. As you learn to pray, you will build a capacity for prayer. So let's go back to our verse here, and it says it came to pass. As we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us. And cried, saying, These men are servants of the Most High, God, which show unto us the way of salvation. Now, were the words that this person was saying incorrect? No, but it was an agitating spirit that was interrupting the things that they did. And this did she many days, but Paul being grieved. Now, if you're grieved, you're not really, that's not what we would call a state of, man, you're real spiritual. Irritated grieved. But I want you to notice something. This is akin to Acts chapter 3 that we read in the beginning when I started this when Peter and John came to the temple and there was a layman there. He said, silver and gold have I none, but what I do have I'll give you. Rise in the name of Jesus and walk. And he jumped up and started walking and everybody started, you know, wow, what happened to this guy? So look what he says. And this she did for many days. Verse 18. But Paul being grieved turned and said to the spirit he talked to the Spirit. I command thee in the name of Jesus. So now we're coming back to my whole subject matter of the power of the name of Jesus. And we see two things here. Uh, Jesus Christ had come out of her and he came out in the self-same hour. hour. Now, <clears throat> we see two elements here. Paul did not pray for the Spirit to come out. He commanded it to. But he was going to prayer. And we see the dynamics that that are. We see Jesus constantly separating himself to pray. But we don't see Jesus praying for anybody. Lazarus, come forth. He didn't pray for him. He just told him, get up and walk out here. Stop the funeral. Told the boy to get up. Got up. He just did things in prayer. He just did things out of what he had built in prayer. But I venture to say that most people that call themselves Christian, their their most common prayer is a prayer of petition. Now, there is a prayer of petition, but that should not be our most common prayer. Building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit. You and I have got to pray so that we can walk in the authority. You and I have got to pray that we understand who we are, that we can walk in what God has created us to walk in. And then when we encounter something, especially something that God has, that Jesus has purchased for us and given us authority over, then we speak to it and we keep ourselves. So going back to sickness and disease, we should be speaking to it not from the focus. I said this the other day, but I don't, I don't know that people got it. Because when you're sick, there's one thing I can guarantee about you. You don't feel good. That's pretty deep, wasn't it? When we're sick, what we want is to not be sick. There's no power in that. That is a self-focused prayer. Romans 12, 2, be not conformed to this world, but be. And everybody in this world just wants to not be sick. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed through the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, perfect will of God. I, want, I started thinking about this uh, because I, I tell you what, since I've been preaching on the name of Jesus, I, I've been fighting all kinds of things from all different areas. And I was, I was thinking about this in when I was battling. Uh, I told you about for like an hour, hour and a half And I was battling. I had like five symptoms on me all at one time I was battling. I wasn't ever praying, God, heal me. I was praying, God, your word says. This is a violation of your word. It wasn't about me, even though I did want, you know, to not be sick. But it was about, I am going to prove that your word works. Now, did I feel like it? Absolutely not. I just wanted to feel better. See, there's a position. See, you should have that position about your money also. It does not matter what comes to steal your money. It matters can you believe that God can supply it. I made the statement not too long ago. I don't want it to happen, but I just made it as an illustration. It doesn't matter if gas goes up to $25 a gallon my God shall supply all my need. I need gas. See, if I, can, if I can bring in what God said about me and I can walk in what God said about me, then what God said will manifest in and through me. I made the statement the other day, because I started this out uh, using David and Goliath as my example, that David came in the name of his God. In the name of the God, uh, how did it say, the name of the God of Israel, I think is how it said. Basically, it was based on the covenant that God made with Israel, uh, made with Abraham, made with Moses, the different covenants that was made. And that's why he said, you uncircumcised Philistine, because the mark of the covenant was circumcision, and the, the Philistines were not circumcised. Who are you to do this? He never prayed about going and fighting him. He said, I'll go kill him. The same God that delivered me from the bear and from the lion will deliver me from this guy. Let me just go out and kill him. You and I... Now, now, do you know that we only see one story each of a lion and a bear? We don't see five stories of a lion? He only killed it one time. You know the Bible says affliction shall not arise a second time? But do you know that in many of our lives we're fighting the same affliction over and over, over again? Why? Because we don't slay it. We don't kill it. We just want it to get the pressure off of us. And as soon as we feel better, as soon as we get a little money in, as soon as we get a little peace in our life, it's like, cool. And we stop doing what we were doing to get the freedom of it. I hope this is making sense. Because we have been, we have been slated to be victorious. Now, let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. I'm moving better this week. I might have time to finish. (laughs) Who are you? Now, if you're born again, you have the Spirit of God in you. You guys confused on that? (laughs) You can't get born again without the Spirit of God inside of you. If the Spirit of God is in you, then whose Spirit is that? God. Nobody wants to commit. If, this, if God is in you, and the Word of God says that greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world, what is in the world is greater than you? You're, you're not designed to live a struggled life. Now, there is a struggle in, in walking in these things. I get that. But most people are just struggling with existing. Yeah. Working 36 hours a day to try to get enough money. Cody's trying to do the math. <laughs> it, it, it was an example. These in chapter 1, verse 22. And has put all things, say all things. All things. What are all things? It's not deep, is it? And has put all things under His feet. Who's the His? Christ. Everything is under His feet. How many things? Hmm. And And has gave Him to be the head over all things to the church. Now He's the head over what? Who are you? Which is His body, verse 23, the fullness of Him that filleth all in all. Now, if it's the fullness of him, if he wants the church to be the fullness of him and he has given all things, shouldn't it be, does he want his body looking deformed? We are the body. Should the body look like what he delivered us from? Okay, I said that wrong. Yeah, I kind of phrased it in a bad way. Does he want his body looking sick? Does he want his body looking broke? Does he want his body depressed? No. Does he want his body... whatever else? No, No, he wants it to look like him. He is the head of the body, and he's put how many things? Under his feet. Now, you are not the body. I am not the body. At best, we're a molecule in the body. And as the body comes together, it forms the body. But let's just say you're the cell... On the bottom of the foot, all things are still under you. Why do we continually get under all things? Why do we continue to yield to things that try to kill still and destroy what Jesus came and died for? One, it's an identity problem of who we are and a lack of faith and trust in who He is and what He said. He's the head. He's the control center. Now, so this is a position of authority over all things, but it is dependent upon the head. So now if we don't submit ourselves to him, the head, we've got a problem in our life, which this is a big problem for many Christians. You know, they, they say that um, their life is Christ and their money is Christ and their, their, everything is Christ, but he has no say in it. I mean, he can't ask for any of it. So, I mean, we do have a problem there. Look at verse 23, which is the body. Well, I, already, I already talked about that. <clears throat> so now, if we are His body, which is the fullness, um, the fullness of Him that filleth all in all, when I pray... I heard a story about Smith Wigglesworth. I would try to define this better than try to say it. <clears throat> and Smith Wigglesworth was over in England. He was getting on a bus or tram or something like that. And this woman came out of her house... And was walking down, and uh, to to come to the bus station where he's at, and her little dog was following her. And she said something like, "Now, sweetie, you need to go home. You can't go with me. Go back home." And the dog is just still staying there. She goes, "Sweetie, you know, whatever the name, Barney, get back home. Go back home. Uh, you can't go with me. You can't get on this bus. Go back home." And the bus drove up, and she looked at the dog and said, "Get home!" And the dog turned around and ran back home. And Smith Wigglesworth said, and that's what you got to do to the devil. Well, one was a position of authority. The other wasn't. See, when you pray, do you pray from a position of authority? And you're only going to be able to do that is if you have a prayer life, knowing who you are. Or do you pray from the position of a victim of what you are going through? And a lot of times when we get into these uh, money issues, when, when we get into these health issues, our prayer is from a position of victim. God, get me through this. God, help me with this. God, I don't know what to do. Well, you should know what to do because he told you what to do. And you should know that God cannot allow his word to return to him void. So now we're in a position and everything is under our feet. Now go back to verse 18. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saint. If you can't see this, how are you going to walk in it? Now if you've lived your life in defeat, it hasn't worked, you got a bad story then it's harder to see it. In fact, Peter invited you to ask him about his testimony. I'd encourage you to do it. Take the long version. Go buy him lunch. Let him tell you the long version. Because his life was filled with defeat. In fact, if I remember the story correctly, his grandma, because he had spent so much time in prison, his grandma came to him and said, Sonny, you you ought to stop doing this. You're not very good at it. Isn't that correct? My mother. Oh, it was your mother? Okay. Uh he had a life of failure. But now he's changed that. Now it wasn't an easy process. He'll tell he can tell you the story. But if you can't see yourself, the eyes of your understanding being opened. In fact, have him also if you if you take up on the, the thing, have him tell you about his foot that the what was torn in it? The ligament? Yeah the The tendon was ripped and his foot was just floppy and the doctors told him he'd never walk again or if he did, he'd walk with a cane. Well, you saw him up here today. He walks just fine and and he doesn't have a cane. That the eyes of your understanding being opened. If you can't see it, how do you walk in it? And this is where the problem, this is a real problem. Don't just take it as a, a thing I'm saying. Most people, what they see is what they're facing and, and they make determinations based on what they're facing. And so they turn to the world to try to fix it in world knowledge. Be not conformed to this world. God has a system that is not that system. I've talked about it many times. Uh, I don't know if people really believe me when I say it, but there's two tax systems. Congress doesn't live under the same tax system as you do. The tax system is designed primarily for the middle class. Well, all you got to do is learn the other tax system. People don't want to take the time to learn; they can't see it. All they see is a big book. It's like, <laughs> I don't want to read that. But what if it saved you? Yeah. you, telling, you know, I mean, Terry and I—we've done well in our life. It was—I don't. I don't think it was last year, I think it was the year before, because I don't remember, I had somebody else do my taxes. Uh, I typically do them, but the year before, we paid an effective rate of 5.11%. Okay, if you don't know, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> if, you're, if you're in the lower middle class, you're probably paying 15%. If you're a little bit higher, you might be paying 20%. We paid 5.11%. Well, I had a tax business, I did taxes for a long time, and I studied the people who talked about the other system. 'Cause I wanted to do the other system, because you, you guys might like paying taxes. I don't like paying taxes. If you can't see it. I, I can guarantee you one thing, nobody's gonna go home and start studying taxes. But if you're at a, what, hundred thousand dollars a year and you could knock off fifteen percent taxes, what is that, fifteen thousand dollars? put back into your pocket just because you learned something. And people get excited when they get a 50 cent an hour raise, which is taxed. So it's really only 45 cents or 43 cents. If you can't see it, how can you do that the eyes of your understanding be open? I'm telling you, this name of Jesus is so powerful, it will transform your life and give you the ability to walk through the darkness that's ahead of us and, and overcome everything that's going to try to come after you. But you've got to be able to see it. Verse 19, And what is the exceeding greatness of His power to us who believe? So now, can you even quantify the power that He's given to you and me? Can you even measure it? No. You and I, it's the same creative power that created the heavens and the earth. There was not a big bang and all this stuff came about. There was a creator who put it together so intricately that everything works and it's held together by his word. In fact, he took the earth and the orbits and hung it on nothing. That's a verse. This earth is hung on nothing but the Word of God. This is the same God that has given you His name to overcome everything that will ever come against you. What is the exceeding greatness of His power to us who believe, according to the working of this mighty power, which He he worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and set Him at His own uh, right hand? Now, The power that was worked in him when he raised him from the dead. Go to Romans chapter 8. I I quoted it uh, just a minute ago, but I want you to see it here. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead, we just read the extent of the power that was worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. The raising of the dead was not the exertion of power. Jesus raised the dead. That was no big deal. Lazarus, come forth. Dead four days, who cares? Come on out. He died for our sins. He, for the wages of sin is death. Yeah. He died for the world's sins from Adam all the way to, you know, the last Henry, whoever, you know, the last person is, every sin that sinned. And he took all the world's sins on him. And then God, through a great exertion of power, gave the ability for every sin to be, to be forgiven and raised him and set him at, the, whole, at the, the right hand of the Father. This was a great exertion of power. Then in Romans chapter 8, verse 11, it says, If that spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he, God, that raised, the spirit of God that raised up Christ from the dead, shall also quicken, give life, bring health to your mortal body by his spirit that dwells in you. You've got the answer to every sickness inside of you. If you can stay submitted to his word, resist what is trying to come on you, and proclaim the name and prove that his word works. Now let's go to one last scripture, Second Peter. Second Peter chapter one, verse three. According as this divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that has called us the glory of virtue. You can't do this without the knowledge of Him, the knowledge of how He works, the knowledge of His system. People have doctrines, and I started this out and said it. (coughs) I hear people talk their doctrines all the time as they're struggling trying to get through something. Your doctrine can kill you. Jesus brings life and life more abundantly. If you and I have a wrong doctrine, we're going to get wrong results. So, well, Pastor, what are you saying? You've got to be perfect? No. You've got to be pursuing. It operates through the knowledge of Him. Well, I know Jesus, the Son of God, died for my sins and was raised from the dead. Okay, but do you understand what that means? Well, the wages of sin is death, and He paid for it, and I asked Him for repentance, and he, he forgave me. Do you know what that means? Well, it means what I said. No, there's a lot more to it. It positions you someplace. It's giving you rights and authority. It will change your life if you will allow it to. You can walk at a new level through the knowledge of Him. Why did He do it? What was He trying to set in order when He did it? Our cemetery is full of people that had bad doctrine. They died prematurely. The world is full of people that never fulfilled their call in life because they had bad doctrine. Now I'm not saying they didn't go to heaven. I'm saying they didn't walk in the victory that was given to them. They didn't walk in the fulfillment because they had bad doctrine. His word works. Let's see him. His word works. I said it in India, but I've said it here several times. How far can you walk with Jesus? What do I mean by that? Knowing that His Word works no matter what you're facing. Overcome. Listen. I had four sets of verses, and we went to one of them. And it's a quarter till twelve, and I know people do want to watch a game. I don't know what time it comes on, but uh, do you know? I don't. I'm not a football fan, if you guys don't know. I'm not a sports fan, if you don't know. So I don't know too much about sports, but I can almost guarantee you. You know, when was the uh, the playoffs that determined who? Was it a couple of weeks ago? Did they know who was going in the, the Super Bowl a couple of weeks ago? I guarantee you, the coach didn't come in and say, uh, "Hey." Hey, man, y'all did good. We got to the Super Bowl. Take a two-week vacation. Meet us back here on, uh, on whatever today is. You know, they were working hard, right? They were, they, they were, they were pressing in. No, we got to win. We're living in a time right now spiritually that you better get your Super Bowl game head on. It's time to start honing our skills to overcome. And I'm not talking about just money and, and health. Because that affects all of us whatever is presenting itself as opposition to you yeah. you better to learn how to take authority over it get your mind stayed on the word of god and know how to walk this thing out because darkness is increasing and most christians are not prepared for it we have to know that no matter what comes against us we have the power and the ability to overcome it. Now, I've I've really pressed my time here, but but we're looking for miracles. So, uh, how how do I want to do this? I'm going I'm going to deal with you with where you're at. One of the things I'm really pressed in on is that we walk in divine health. If you've got anything attacking your body, I don't care what it what it is. Uh, you stubbed your toe last night on a table and it hurts. If there's anything in your body that you're dealing with that is does not align to divine health and you want God to touch it, just raise your hand up real quick. Okay, so we got, we got several people in here. Okay, keep your hand. I want to see, I want to see, I want to see. Okay, now I'm going to pray for you. But I want you to believe. Now my prayer, you'll notice, and if you pay attention when I pray for people, I really don't pray and ask God to heal them. I, 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 I revert to the word of God. We are healed. Yes. By his stripes, we are healed. You're going to have to receive it as a change in your body. You're going to have to look for it. Now, what happens if we pray for you? you got a problem with your elbow. It's not bending, right? And, uh, and so you say, okay, God, well, I'm believing that my elbow's healed. And we say, amen, and all of a sudden, excruciating pain shoots up through your elbow. Now, your brain's going to want to go think, oh, well, that didn't work for me because I hurt worse than I am right now. No, you got to say, well, oh, praise God, I thank you that you healed amen. me. That's got to be that's gotta be the pain of my elbow burning out and getting outside of me. So you gotta look at, you've gotta look at things from a victory standpoint. And we've got to receive it, we've got to declare it stand on. Heavenly Father, I come right now before you. Based upon the position of your word. Lord, you said, we didn't say this, Lord, this is, this isn't something that we made up. You said that by your stripes. We are healed. Lord, and there's no, there's no other alternative in it. It's not like just feel better. It's not like just it, it, it diminishes down or, you know, the inflammation kind of tones down. Lord, you said that you took it upon your back and paid the price for divine healing. So, Lord, we stand on this word right now. You saw every hand that was raised. And God, from the position that you've set us in, that position of authority with that power of attorney, I say in the name of Jesus that it manifests in everybody's body. In the name of Jesus, that body that was broken on our behalf. In the name of Jesus, the covenant right to proclaim healing, I command it in the name of Jesus to start manifesting in our hearts, in our our bodies. Lord, every organ, every skin, every bone, every tendon, every ligament, everything, our blood, everything, God, that would try to attack us, we take authority over it right now. We take authority over it right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Every name must bow to that name. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, just lay your hand on your, you might be able to lay your hand on where you need healing, but just lay your hand on yourself and say it with me. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I command this to bow its knee to that name, and divine health will start flowing through my body. In the name of Jesus. No weapon formed against us shall prosper because of the name of Jesus. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we stand on this, our right to be divinely healed. Lord, on some things, we need miracles. And Lord, in the gifts of the Spirit, you talk about the working of miracles. Lord, you said that you confirm your word with signs and wonders. God, I call upon the God of miracles. Lord, for the everyone that needs a miracle in their body, beyond healing, it like medically says it cannot be done. I call upon the God of miracles. It gave us the name of Jesus. And God, we stand in this. We stand in this. We stand in our divine right to be healthy, healed, and whole. Lord, because your word (coughs) has already done it. In Jesus' name, amen.